Welcome back to Reset. It's number 68, and yes, it is the CES edition, but I promise it will be different. I promise. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and regurgitate CES announcements or products for an hour. My goal is to entertain you, and you won't even know CES is happening all around you. Yeah. So come on in. Uh-huh. Yeah. This is Reset. It can be found at reset.fm. I'll be talking about anything that plugs in or takes batteries. Mostly home automation, networking, home storage, and technology in general. Reset was inspired by a bent paperclip that has been sitting on my desk for years. It reminds me to be adventurous and have fun. Because there's usually a reset button. Let's get started. Alright everybody, thanks for tuning into Reset. It is number 68. I'm your host, David McCabe. Find me, reset.fm, if you want to see some show notes about this. Don't forget the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash David McCabe. I do have one YouTube video, which is very uncommon for me, as I usually have a couple by now. Um, I do have a lot of film in the can that I need to process, and I'm going to get that done for a couple more. I've got a couple more in my head that I just need to draw out and get into Final Cut and make a video. Don't forget the Patreon, patreon.com slash David McCabe. You can support this uh, podcast, and you can support the uh, Reset Forums over there at resetforums.com. Also, you know what? We still have the Reset.fm t-shirt store. Yes. So if you go to my latest YouTube video, you can see I'm actually wearing a t-shirt from someone that I purchased in order to support their YouTube channel, which I think is a great way to do it, man. You don't you don't have to do any subscriptions to Patreon or PayPal or whatever, you know, whatever it is. You can just buy a t-shirt. You get something and the creator gets something. So reset.fm slash store. You can get a coffee mug, pencil bag, a cable bag, water bottles. Cool. Cool stuff. I, I wore it all to CES. <laughs> I had fun with it. Also, you know what? I'm very excited to bring something back to you that I started way back in the day. What I'm reading. I did a few of these when Reset uh, first started. And I'm going to try to keep up with it. I've got a couple of things I want to share to you. I've got plenty to share with you. I just forget to put it in the show. I'm always reading something. I just forget to put it in at the end. I just want to get done and hit the publish button. So I've got something really interesting for you to share with you. What I'm reading, it's not going to be any books or anything like that. It's mostly a story or a video or something on the internet I found interesting. And you can get a link to it and read it at your leisure. That's all it is. Just read it at your leisure. Huge one today. I mean, huge. And I've got more in my queue to share with you. So a hint, the story starts in Las Vegas. I'm staying with that theme today. It's CES in Las Vegas, right? Okay. I do have a little bit of tech in-house that I need to go over with you and in future shows. And I'm still testing. I've got the Amazon Echo earbuds. Uh, They're called Echo Buds. And you know that, God, you could uh, throw a rock and hit an earbud uh, vendor at CES. It was just nuts. So $120. for the Amazon Echo Buds, and I will give you my impression. I'm testing them against all the other earbuds that I have purchased in the past couple of years. 
we'll do that. And I'm excited about that. I've had them for a few days, and I already got a lot of thoughts about them. So I'll share that soon. Whistle Fit. Whistle Fit. That is an activity monitor for pets. You can buy a GPS or you, uh, just an activity monitor. So if you've got like a dog that always escapes, right, you can pay for this little GPS uh, thing that goes on their collar and track your dog down, track your cat down. I don't know. Uh, I've got the Fit, what I call a Fitbit. It's a doggy Fitbit, and uh, it's called a Whistle Fit, and I'm going to slap that on the dachshund. And it, I don't know. The dachshund's sleeping. I don't know. Well, I'll test it, and I'll let you know. The Universal Dream Machine, the UDM. Yes, I still have it. And no, I have not gotten it out of the box. It's still sitting in the box. I I need to get busy with this stupid UDM. It's not stupid. It's probably pretty cool. I just got to get it installed. A couple more things. And I've got some stuff on the way from CES as usual. And we'll share it all here on the podcast. All right. Here's the problem with this episode, number 68. I should have recorded it in December and let you listen to it prior to CES. So I think when the time comes, I'm going to repackage this thing in December 2020 so you can get it back out and listen to it. So here's the reasoning. I'm going to explain this soon enough. I've been listening to a few podcasts that cover CES, and the podcasters always throw out lingo without any explanation, like Vegas lingo, CES show floor lingo. So I thought I would help you, the listener, out with a little bit of that and talk about some of my show experiences as well. So I'm going to help you navigate CES without talking about one TV after another and a car and a earbud and all that stuff so so begins the ces layout behind the scenes reset episode number 68 (laughs) that's a mouthful i'm not gonna say that again i don't even remember what i said okay the biggest thing i hear when i listen to a podcast about ces is one word sans sans so i listen to a lot of iot a lot of trending tech And, of course, a lot of that technology and show floor is at a convention center called The Sands. So the podcasters will say, we're at The Sands today. We're going to the quote-unquote Sands. All right, how many of you guys and gals have been to Las Vegas? Do you go to Vegas? I go to Vegas. So you say that word, I know where it's at. I can take you straight to it. Of course, I've been going to CES for like 12 years, so I know I know where it's at. I've even taken my kids to Las Vegas. That was that was a crazy couple of days. So my kids, okay. So this is gonna be one tangent after another CES edition. Took the kids to Vegas because every time I would come home, like, ah, oh, Vegas this, Vegas that, and they're like, We want to go, Dad. We want to go. We want to experience this thing that you call Las Vegas. I'm like, all right, soon enough, we'll take you to Las Vegas. It was two years ago, spring break, flew the kids to Vegas. We stayed at the Bellagio, which is, I mean, that's, you're experiencing some good Las Vegas there at the Bellagio, right? Fountain View Room. 
I mean, that's like primo property, middle of the strip, fountain view, great casino, shops, stores, restaurants all around you, good walking distance to other casinos. Caesars across the street is Paris. You got the Monte Carlo, which is now Park MGM. You got the Cosmo, the Aria, all all these good places right around the Bellagio. Plus, you got those fountains. It's like ultimate entertainment. Bellagio also has like a little, like almost like a little museum exhibit inside of the lobby, right by the the check-in desk, where they change it out once a month and they do a theme. So usually if you go in January to CES, you're always going to see the Chinese New Year theme. If you go at Christmas, you're going to see their little Christmas theme. And it's all in flowers and it's all really, really, really cool. So you get to experience that. You get to watch the fountains go in front of the Bellagio and you can turn on your TV in your hotel room and they pipe the same music that's being piped to the fountains down below on the street through the TV so you get to hear it as well. Now I'm sure most of you will know when I say Bellagio fountains, you know, you've seen Ocean's Eleven, you've seen the fountains, that's what we're talking about here. So took the kids, rented a car, and the ultimate goal was to get up to Utah and go into the canyons, uh, Bryce, Zion, do some hiking, do some sightseeing, you know, things like that. We were going to stay in Vegas for the whole spring break. Although, I mean, you can see a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things to see. Uh, Hoover Dam, today's story on what I'm reading started in Las Vegas. And there's more. There's more for me to share with you about Las Vegas. There's tons, tons of stuff to see. Took him to the the damn dam. Uh, we walked around that thing for a while. That's a hike. That's a busy day. It's not that far, but it's it's a that's a busy day. You're on your feet and you're walking. So they got to not only see Vegas, but smell Vegas. I don't know if you've ever been over by Caesars and smelled the worst. Uh, it's the most god-awful smell. It's a sewer smell. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You're on the west side, Caesars. I can't remember if it's Bellagio to Caesars or after Caesars to, what is that, Mirage? One of those two sides right there, the crossover, just smells awful. And it always has. I, I, I don't remember a day that it has not smelled like sewage. Just raw sewage. So that's the smell of Vegas, right? Um, we did get to see the local meth lady, you know, meth mouth lady. We were in the car going to pull into the Bellagio uh, self-park lot, waiting at a light, going to turn right and get into the parking garage and just meth mouth bag lady comes right up to their window, scares them to death. And she's just like going uh, gibberish, right? Just total gibberish, meth mouthy smells. And we're like, okay, let's roll them up. <laughs> you know, so we roll the windows up. They're like, what was that? What's going on? And it's like, that's Vegas kids. Don't do drugs. Just don't do drugs. So they got to experience it all. We went to, um, What's the show at Bellagio? It's not La Rev. It's O. The show is O. It's a water, 
you know, jumping in the water type uh, Broadway, not Broadway, but Vegas show. And we came, we went to the mountains, we did the hiking, we did the canyons, we did all that stuff. And then we came back and the kids got to pick where they wanted to stay and they chose Luxor, which is a great choice. It's inexpensive. There's plenty of things to see. It's really cool inside. And uh, we took them to Blue Man Group, which is a great show for kids and uh, had a great time. Flew home the next day. Uh, great opportunity. It, I, your kids get a coolness factor, right? You know, talk. they get to say, I've been to Vegas. You know, I've been to the Bellagio. I've been to Luxor. I've walked the Strip. You know, your 12-year-old kid saying that. He's got, he gives them some cred, right? They get some cool school cred. So we started this, I don't know, five minutes ago talking about the sands. What is the sands? Where is the sands? So I love Las Vegas history. So go to the show notes of this episode. I'm going to leave a couple of links about the sands. It's a good read. I found a couple of good reads and it's, no, it's not what I'm talking about and uh, what I'm reading today, but it's a really good read, and it is uh, Wikipedia's history of the Sands Hotel and Casino. Okay, the Sands had uh, like an iconic-looking building. I'm pretty sure you're going to recognize it if you go take a look at this link and look at uh, the building. It's kind of a round, uh, I don't even, cylindrical-type building, and you probably have seen a video of it being imploded and that's that's actually a how I remember it. I don't know that I ever saw it uh live. I can when was my first trip? Probably 04 to Vegas, 0405ish era. So yeah, no, this thing was uh demolished in 1996. So yeah, I never saw this. And the Venetian was built in its place. So if you think about the Las Vegas Strip, if you want to just picture it, if you've never been there, picture it in your mind for me. I'm going to do this off of memory. Think south to north and go south straight. And then when you like three quarters of the way up, you're going to go to like two o'clock. So you, you picture the hands at like 230 and that is what the Las Vegas Strip looks like, right? The airport, McCarran Airport, is on the bottom right at about 5, 6 p.m. Think of it that way. The hotels start at right there near McCarran. The Las Vegas sign is right there on that south end. Uh, we're still imagining 2.30, right? That's what it's shaped like. Man, you probably just go to Google Maps if you're sitting at home. Just go to Google Maps. Um, but it... You start at Mandalay Bay, Luxor, Excalibur, and it just goes up and up and up and up and up all the way up until you get to the Strat, which used to be called the Stratosphere and uh, Sahara, which is now back to being called Sahara after it's sold, closed down and changed to SLS and probably something in between and now is back to being Sahara. So where is Sands? Sands is right in the middle, like right smack dab in the middle of the strip It'll be on the east side and is now the Venetian that was built in its place. May 3rd, 1999, uh, 1.5 billion mega resort Venetian opened where the sands used to be. 35 stories, 3,000 
36 rooms. Prior to this, the Sands Expo was built. It opened in 1990, and when it was built, it was the second largest convention center, according to this Wikipedia article. It was upgraded in 2008 or sometime around there. I don't know if it started at that or finished at that. And to add more space, add another level. And I don't even recall, I don't recall any construction in 2008 because I pretty much, I was there for that CES, I'm pretty sure. I remember sitting in the floor uh, around the press room listening to keynotes. Actually, we were listening to the the big keynote. Um, I was with, uh, I'm going to call him our Rat Pack. When you think of Rat Pack as Vegas, uh, Dean Martin, uh, I can't even think of all the guys' names, so leave comments for me. Uh, the Rat Pack. So my, our Rat Pack was uh, myself, Ian Dixon, that we got served guys, all the home server uh, MVPs, all of those guys sitting in the floor, uh, taking notes, writing articles, uh, doing podcasts together. It was it was a great time sitting in the floor, probably around a, probably around either an Ethernet jack or uh, a power plug for sure. One year we actually, I think it was my first year there uh, when Microsoft was still there. Um, Balmer did. A keynote. He did the Microsoft keynote. And the year prior was Bill Gates' last CES keynote. And I missed it. I didn't go that year. Um, but that was really neat. And we waited in line for hours to be in the front. And we got front and center. And that's when Balmer and who did he bring on stage? He brought a celebrity on stage. And they were talking about the Xbox. And they were talking about the Connect, And they showed all kinds of interesting things that the connect could do and uh it was it was pretty cool i was pretty blown away being my first ces well the venetian hotel also has the palazzo i, I don't have the stats on that didn't look that up but so venetian and palazzo and the sands convention area sits between those two so it's it's not a hotel it's more of a flat convention center space it's just just think of a ginormous room, um, just full of vendor after vendor after vendor after vendor. It's huge. I don't even know how do you, I don't even know the square footage of this thing. It's ginormous. I think it's in this Wikipedia article that I will share with you. So that convention center takes a lot of vendors because LVCC, which is the Las Vegas Convention Center, simply cannot hold them. LBCC can't take every vendor that wants to be at CES. It cannot put every vendor that wants to be at CES within its doors. And LBCC is a huge, huge space with multiple buildings and multiple levels. It's ginormous. And we're going to talk about some of my step tracking uh, later. But the Sands is in between there. And I spend a lot of my day at, I actually go to the Sands Convention Center more than I go to the main hall. Now, the difference is there, when, you, when I say main hall, LVCC, you'll hear podcasters talk about LVCC, Las Vegas Convention Center. It's split up into different halls. So there's the South Hall, Central Hall, and North Hall. 
These are not on the Strip. This is LBCC. It's on the east, like one mile east of the Strip. And the South Hall is where you would go. And it's multiple layers. And it would be where you would see all of... I mean, this year was 3D printing. It's always the audio companies, Razor. It's all the drone companies, all technology companies. There's just tons. Everybody is just thrown in there. The Central Hall, think of Central Hall as your big players, your big vendors. Microsoft used to be in there. Now it's uh, Hire and TCL and Intel. Uh, Dish Network always used to have this ginormous booth. Uh, LG, Sony, Panasonic, all these huge brands. Samsung, Samsung, ginormous booths. You've seen the pictures. You've seen the videos of all these huge players in these booths. There's a lot of smattering of little booths all around there. Um, A funny story, even The Verge covered this. Uh, right outside the LG booth was a little company uh, pimping their wares on their smart foldables. And they showed, they had a little example of every little smart foldable that they have produced or could produce. And I'm pretty sure all they wanted to do is just show the big companies, hey, we're here, we can do this. Maybe you should come talk to us. So it's absolutely hilarious. But you get a lot of exposure. People coming in and out of those big booths walk by there. So tons and tons of exposure. And that's why they're there. It's CES, right? Now, on a side note, there's a lot of construction going on at Las Vegas Convention Center, which maybe someday in the future could disrupt some of the Sands business. I don't know. I don't know how much square footage they're putting in, but they are building to the west. So we're going to have to talk about this clock again, this 2.30 clock about the Las Vegas Strip again. I need you to visualize. I'm going to put a picture in the Reset Forums and maybe even in this post so you can take a look of kind of what I'm seeing and what I'm explaining to you because it's it's growing. It's different. They're not just throwing in you know, a little building that could hold, it's not like your community center, you know, in your hometown. We're talking about massive structures that can hold thousands of vendors. Just huge, very huge. And if you didn't know it, Las Vegas has been voted the top trade show destination for like 20 some odd years in a row. Tons. Um, Their website is, which I used a little bit to take some notes, is lvcba.com. Las Vegas Convention, whatever, something, lvcva.com. So I'm going to try to paint this picture. The convention center, like I said, is, if you know where the win is, if you go just due east from the win, you're going to run into the convention center. At the very northern portion of the Las Vegas Convention Center, there is the North Hall and the Central Hall, and there's a road called Convention Center Drive. So from Convention Center to the east to Las Vegas Boulevard is where they're building. 
So they're building east, and there used to be a casino called the Riviera sitting in part of this property. Now, it's been gone for, wow, for some years now, for at least five years. So I, I, I talked about the implosion of the sands, and I'd be remiss not to tell you about the Riv. I mean, the Riviera was legendary. It used to be you know, a legendary casino where all the big acts used to go and play. And then it just, you know, it just turned into a dive. So um, I've got a cool read about the Riviera that I'm going to share with you in a, in the in a future what I'm reading. So it's a little precursor. <laughs> Maybe next week we'll do uh, what I'm reading too about the Riviera. So it's generally across from Circus Circus. So that is getting up to the northern end of the Strip. I've been to the Riv. I've never stayed there. I never really gambled there. I think I got, maybe I got some food there. I went in to get a chip. Uh, I like to collect uh, poker chips from casinos. It was pretty dumpy when I went there. But I wish I would have, I wish I would have, like maybe sat down and looked around a little bit more. I wish I would have taken a few photos. And I maybe I should look up my photos. I might have, but I wish I would have gazed at it a little more because it's gone, right? They tore it down. It is done. It is gone. They finished demolishing this, the building and everything around it in 2016. So it's been gone for a while. It is a parking lot now, literally, where this property used to sit. All of that history, done, gone. It is a parking lot. So the LVCC owned it, or I should say the LVCVA, the, the, the company that owns the LVCC. They bought it, and they didn't know what to do with it, so they just converted it into a parking lot until they got all their drawings and plans ready for the new building. So now they've been building it. They started, if not last year, two years ago, I remember seeing a lot of uh, a lot of steel going up on that corner over there and it is getting really really bigger and grander uh every day so it was um they're going to be done. I I can't wait to see it. I really would like to go back to CES to see how they use that place, that spot because although they're creating a lot of showroom floor they are also taking away some of the outdoor type stuff that they use for um, a lot of car manufacturers and a lot of you know technology companies that have AI and they put it in cars and stuff. I'm thinking like Qualcomm and you know Sony showed a new car and things like that. They put those out in those parking lots and people can walk over from the convention center and take a look at, you know, what's going on in the cars and, and seeing them do their AI and whatnot. And it's kind of an enclosed area. So, you know, if a car gets wild, it's not going to jump over and kill anybody. Right. Um, so they're taking a lot of space away from that kind of endeavor, but still they need the showroom floor. I'm sure they want to keep everybody in one area. Um, although that's, that's always going to be impossible for this show. Always. I mean, there's, there's vendors in every hotel on the strip. I mean, you'll get invites to, hey, come see us Tuesday through Thursday at the Venetian, you know, floor 30, room 3033. And it's like, man, I don't have time. You know, I don't have time to go to your hotel, go up to your spot and talk about this one little thing, unless it's like your complete 
It's your beat, right? That's the thing that you cover and that's all you cover, you know, then yes, you make that appointment, you go see that company. But otherwise, you would just be spread so thin. You, you, you can never cover it all. You think you can go to every convention center building and see everything, but you can never cover it all because it's all over the place. Tons all over the place. So back to the Riv. There were a lot of movies shot at the Riviera Hotel and Casino. Um, I looked them up, but uh, Ocean's Eleven, uh, the original from 1960, uh, some James Bond movies, the, the movie Casino, also Hangover. <laughs> some of the Hangover, that's a great movie, was filmed there uh, as well. So that's kind of back when, you know, when movies take over casinos or places to film, they lock it up, right? They make sure no one can get in and no one can ruin the shot and, you know, just wave at the camera during the middle of a great take or a stunt. You know, they have to shut it down. And no casino in the world is going to shut down their uh, casino floor because they're way too profitable to do that, you know, for that little movie scene. Well, not the Riviera. (laughs) When it was going downhill, they're like, yeah, we'll let you shoot your movie here. You know, we'll probably make more money doing that than we would... With the you know the two old timers over there on the the video poker, so tons of movies shot there before it was raised, right? So the rib's gone, cleared. It's now a parking lot. This makes way for LVCC expansion. So all of that was just to tell you they're expanding. So we're gonna have to see what's gonna go there and what they're gonna put there. So. Probably should tell. I think I've I think I've talked about this in a in a past podcast. All right, we've covered the sands. The sands is trending tech, IoT, uh, lifestyle, tons of earbuds, health, lots of health, uh, and fitness in the sands. Also, the sands is the home for the little guy, and they they call this this entire floor Eureka Park. And that's the folks that have a technology and they want to show it off. They, they may not have a product, but they show off a technology. And there's also folks that have products. And there's also tons of vendors from different continents, right? So there's a huge French region. There's a huge Dutch region. And it's full of all these technology folks. that They may sell something over in France, that we have no idea about over here in the States. And it's really cool. It's fun to get down there, get lost, and look at tons of IoT gear, tons of new tech gear. Uh, It's literally a blast to go through there. Now, that's still at the Sands. There's tons at the Sands. There's meeting rooms at the Sands. Dell sets up in uh, the theater there where they have the shows for at the Venetian. And then they take over a restaurant. Every restaurant between Venetian and Palazzo in their little walkway is completely overrun with a vendor. It'll even sometimes just say closed. It's invite only, like Mac, McAfee, uh, Lenovo, Dell, all these big vendors. They'll rent a restaurant and they'll feed their peeps. They'll feed their, uh, you know, their buyers and their their tech people and the media, and show off their gear. It's cool. I did I did Dell last year and it was really neat. They were in one of those cafes, and uh, you know, watched their presentation. 
No servers. No, no servers. Servers aren't sexy. You know, the XPS 13 is what's sexy, and they show that off. They show off their gaming gear and whatnot. Servers, no. Just not cool enough for CES anymore. That's sad. It used to be. Uh, it used to really be, um, but not any longer. So I think I've we've done enough there, right? So um, maybe how I approach it, and like I said, I've, I do this once a year, and I've done it for 12 years, and I pretty much have a way I do it. It changes a little bit here and there, um, mainly due to pricing. It used to be that I could get a cheap room at one of the, I don't want to call them, you know, I I hate to classify these casinos, but sometimes they are pretty kind of skanky, right? So the Sahara used to be one, Circus Circus, and, you know, little casinos like that that are not upscale. Like Venetian, Wynn, Palazzo, you're going to pay anywhere from 300 to $700 a night during CES. It's ungodly expensive, right? So big companies, Microsoft, Dell, they get blocks of rooms, and I'm sure that they get a better rate. But me, checking the rates, even with the discount code that uh, that you get from being at CES, it's it's ungodly expensive. So in order to save money, I obviously I do not stay at the fancy schmancy hotels. I also do something that a lot of folks don't do, and I rent a car. I can get a cheap car, little bitty mid-sized car for a hundred bucks, and I'll save more on room expenses with that car rental expense than I will, you know, just like if I stayed at the win, right? Which is pretty much central to everything. So I'll save a ton of money. And I like having the car because I do zip and back and forth between different uh, different shows and whatnot. So let's just take my day, arrive and uh, arrive at CES on a Sunday. And there's always the, the show called Unveiled. Now that's the pre-CES show for the media. And it's always a zoo, but it's always kind of fun. I, I really enjoy it. It has free food, free drinks, open bar, and is has a ton, ton of media. If you go back into my Twitter timeline, I kind of show you. I had a great uh, Twitter couple of days there. I was getting retweets by Southwest and mentioned by CES, and I was just taking pictures of the hall and, and saying stupid stuff. So if you go back into my timeline, you'll see all that. But you can see uh, when it was empty, Right, there was no one in line, and then I took another picture of when everybody was in line. So it was really kind of cool. Unveiled, full of companies, you know, IoT, you know, the machine that used to fold the T-shirts and the towels, and light bulb companies. HP is usually there, showing off laptops and screens, and it's just it's just one of those shows that it just has a mishmash of technology, but it allows you to get in front of all of these companies in a very quick fashion. You can do a card exchange, you can talk about the new light bulb, and you can say, okay, let's talk after the show. Perfect, here's my card, done. And you go to the next one, and the next one, and the next one, and the next one. So you can really hit a lot of vendors really fast. And there are three 
of these shows that I go to every year. There may be more. I don't know. I go to Unveiled. That is at Mandalay Bay. I go to a show called Pepcom, which used to be the the little brother of the uh, after shows, which is now the big brother, which is now the, the heavy hitter. There's another show called Showstoppers. So Showstoppers is at the Wynn. Pepcom is at the Mirage. We're going to talk about these later when I talk about my schedule and how I travel this. So I stay at Mandalay Bay for the first two nights. I used to stay just one night. And now I've I've finagled it where I can stay two nights because the rates are really good because it's technically not CES yet. So Sunday night and Monday night, I stay at Mandalay, which is wonderful because it's a beautiful hotel. And it's everything I want to be at is right there at Mandalay Bay. I can walk to their little convention center, which is huge, and I'm really close to it. If I want to go back to my room, go back to my room. Done. So the problem is I took the nonstop flight from Indianapolis, which leaves at 6 a.m., meaning I have to get up at the butt crack of dawn, and it's not even butt crack. It's before the butt crack. It's 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 in the morning. <laughs> it's early Uh, Grab an Uber, go to the airport, and try to sleep on the plane, which I never do. Get to Las Vegas, and the clock rolls back to 8 a.m. So you leave at 6 a.m. You've been up since 4 a.m. You arrive at 8 a.m. So you have a long day ahead of you. That day is unveiled. So you have CES unveiled right there. The next day is press conferences. So the big ones. Samsung, LG, Sony, Panasonic, Monster, you know, all the big companies that want to get in front of press before CES opens, they do their press release right then and there. You will also have other companies pulling at you to come to our press conference. We're out here. Come to our press conference. We're over here at the Aria. We're at the Cosmo. We're at Park MGM. Just, it's It's maddening. How many places people want you to go see? You kind of have to stick to your beat. When I say beat, I mean your topic. One of the best things that I learned to do a couple years ago, because you're just walking the show floor, and they always post a pretty girl or a used car salesman out in front of their booth to drag you in, right? And they say, hey, have you heard of such and such? And they'll show it to you. And you go, well, no. And then they're like, come here. They hold you and they torture you in their booth about their product, which you don't want to hear about. You don't even want the freebie. You were just trying to go back to the food line and get something to eat because you saw a cool piece of dessert walk by and you get sucked into these booths. So I've learned all you have to say is this simple phrase, sorry, that's not my beat. Sorry, that's not my beat. Meaning, I don't cover that. And they're like, oh, okay. They'll leave you alone instantly. Because you're not going to write about them. Their words will be lost upon you. Even if you were interested in it, it gets you out instantly. You're free. It's a get out of jail free card. It's not my beat. It's a wonderful phrase. And you should use it if you go to CES. If you ever get 
you know, captured by the the pretty girl. And I'm not saying booth babes because booth babes are a thing of the past. I'm saying just there's PR company companies. They're staffed by both men and women. Hello. Um, they'll put their PR person out in front of the booth. And it could be a guy. It could be a gal. You never know. Young, old. But they all know how to get you and pull you into the booth and talk to you about their product, which they love, but you may not. So I don't even know what I was talking about, but that's unveiled. It's fun. Pepcom is fun as well. It is at the Mirage Hotel, and that takes a little bit of driving too, but it's pretty easy to get to. I've got my way to get to it from behind, and I go and I do that, and we're good. Pepcom used to be the smaller of the show behind Showstoppers. Showstoppers used to be, wow, that you got that invite? You were special, right? Now, Pepcom, man, they've got a huge show. It's been at the Mirage for quite some time. I went to it once at MGM Grand, and I'm trying to remember where they had it prior to that, and I, I'm, I'm losing track. I just do not remember. I could look back into my notes. I have a CES folder in my OneNote for almost every year that I've been, CES and the year. So I have a CES 2020, and I have all of that stuff, and I archive it when I'm done, just in case I need to go back and look at some notes. So those are the post shows. We're, we haven't even started the real show, right? You know, that starts, let's see, is it Wednesday? I don't even remember when it started. Tuesday, perhaps. So two nights at Mandalay, Sunday night and Monday night. So yes, the show starts on Tuesday. So Tuesday night, actually, yeah, Tuesday night, the rates skyrocket. Now, five years ago, I could afford to stay in what I would say a subpar hotel like Circus Circus, Luxor. I stayed there a couple of times and be closer of a drive to the show floor or take, you know, mass transit or take whatever shuttles because they have tons of shuttles and buses that run. I stayed at Circus one year, and it was, oh, God, that was a mistake. It was awful. I mean, it was awful. Um, I don't think it was quite as awful as Sahara. My first trip to CES, maybe it wasn't my first trip, but it was an arranged trip. It was probably one of the funnest years ever. Where uh, Jim Collison went. Um, Mike Fauché went. Um, the other Mike went from uh, from their podcast. Uh, I've met. Kevin Schoon over there, Schoon Doggy from the forums. I've met him there. I've met all kinds of people. My friends, we got served guys, uh, Ian Dixon, all those guys, Andrew, Edney, all the home server, uh, Windows home server guys. We just had the banner of a year uh, once, and it was such a good time. And, and that is, that's a part of CES is going and linking up with your friends. You know, two years ago, I was there with Win OBS, Richard Hay. Uh, I usually uh, meet and, you know, walk around with Richard Gunther, Josh Pollard. You Meeting your, I'm going to say friends, meeting your friends and your, you know, your partners in crime in this, in this blog space, in this podcast space is an absolute blast. I look forward to that every year. I, 
I get a lot done at CES and I meet a lot of people and talk to a lot of people, but I really, I can't stress to you how much I enjoy the company of those folks that you, you may get to talk to them on a podcast, you know, once a year, but standing next to them, reporting with them, gathering with them, it's, it's an absolute blast. It's a ball. Now, when you throw in Fauché and Collison, man, we had a great time. We stayed at the Sahara, and uh, I think that was the year that, uh, did Fauché find a dead body in his room? I think there was like a chalk outline. We were joking. There was a chalk outline of a dead body in their room, and uh, Collison got the Elvis room at the Sahara, and it had, the room literally had a list to it, right? The door was probably five degrees higher than the patio door going to the outside balcony. And I was like, you are not getting me on that balcony because you literally kind of fell into the room. There was such a list to it. Uh, It felt very ominous. It felt awful. Um, And it was just so run down. It was at the very end of that hotel's life. They just didn't give a dang anymore. So... Awesome fun stuff when you meet when you meet your friends out there, you meet your uh, your cohorts and um, uh, a great time. So you know, having said that, I got to meet a lot of new people this year. You know, sometimes you have those years where like you you see your peeps, but you don't meet anybody new. This year, I felt like it was just I was just an explosion of new folks to meet. So for the first time ever, I mean, I've been listening to Leo Laporte for a decade, and I finally got to meet Leo, which I credit Aunt Pruitt. Now, he moved from the Carolinas out there to the West Coast to be uh, to be on Twit, which is fantastic. I've been following Aunt forever. Um, it's fun to always meet with him and work with him. We got to work as Showstoppers one year together as reporters for Byte Magazine and A New Domain, which was it was a blast that was that was a lot of fun i learned a lot that year i screwed up a lot that year too um so i finally got to shake the hands of leo and the man is taller than you think he he's taller than me i'm about 5'11 so the, the the guy's tall i didn't realize that to me he just looks like you know 5 foot 5 leo laporte he's a big guy i was like wow and he looked great he looked great. So, uh, of course, uh, Ant, and uh, I saw him several times uh, during the show and always walked up to him. Um, <coughs> I remember I stuck my hand out say, uh, to talk to Ant. He just grabs me and bear hugs me. You know, Ant's a, a very large man. He's very built. You know, he's, uh, he's kind of the workout guy, right? So he gives me a big bear hug. I'm pretty sure I fractured a couple of vertebrae, but... Uh, it's always great seeing Aunt Pruitt at the show and I've kind of been, you know, hanging with him for years. So it's fun to grab a plate of food and just catch up with some of these guys. And sometimes it's just like, hey, I'll catch you next time. I got to go talk to a vendor. So that's always, always happens. Um, day one of the show, I hooked up with Richard Gunther. I always, always look forward to my time spending with Richard and we always use we usually get to spend that first day together um, Sunday arriving at the show and at Unveiled and I usually hang out with him 
as much as possible and then maybe grab a bite to eat or or maybe catch a couple of light vendors together because Richard likes his light bulbs. So we always do that and I always, I always treasure that time. Another first timer this year, I got to meet and talk with Michael Wolf. Uh, Michael is, he his website is The Spoon. So thespoon.tech, I believe. And he's the creator of the Smart Kitchen Summit. So if you listen to Richard Gunther or Home On, you've probably heard, you've, you've heard him and uh, you've probably heard about him, which he is a great guy. Uh, loves to talk, loves to talk about smart uh, kitchen gadgets and and food, and we had a really good time just conversing as a group in a big circle, and it was uh, a joy to speak with him and some of the staff members at The Spoon. Um, that was real fun as well. So this next person I met is someone that I've I verbally said that I really want to meet this person someday at CES. And I've seen her many times, many years I've seen her, but I've been like too bashful or, you know, just too shy to go up to her. You know, people are working. You always have to remember that people are working and you don't want to like consume them, especially if you're just being a fanboy, right? Stacy Higginbotham, right? You've probably heard her podcast, Internet of Things. You know, she has her newsletter, Stacy on, or uh, yeah, Stacy on IoT. She's on some Twit podcast. She's got her own podcast. And, but I finally got to meet her. And now Richard set this up for me because he remembers that I've, you know, I've wanted to talk to her, but uh, I, I just don't want to bother anybody, right? So he's like, no, you have to talk to Stacy. You have to meet Stacy because she's really cool. And wow, is she not the coolest person in the world? She will stop anything she's doing and chat with you right there then in there. Now, you may be moving and shaking to another vendor, but you know, you you she will give you some time. And I, I just fanboyed at her. And then I ran into her several times during the show and uh, I I stopped and talked to her at Pepcom once and I'm sure she was thinking, who is this guy stalking me, right? But she in turn introduced me to Kevin Tofel, which I thought was fantastic. It's so cool. And I've heard people say this before, and I've discussed this with other people before, that when you meet a podcaster and you hear their voice come out of a body, it's it's this moment that is so cool, but it's odd at the same time, right? Because you're finally putting a face to a voice. You know, some of the people you've probably listened to for years and you've never, you've never met them. You've never stood in front of them. You've never seen their, their mannerisms when they talk and their flow. And it's, it's surreal. It's a surreal experience to stand in front of Kevin Toffel and hear his voice come out. And then Stacy, she's floaty. She's fun. She's airy. She's a bundle of energy and just to, talk with her it's 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 awesome that is a great part of ces i know i've said that many many times but that is one of the wonderful aspects of the show is you get to meet those people now i've not met a lot of people there but you see a lot of people there like 
Joshua Topolsky just walked right by, and we're all like, hey, that's Josh. What's he doing? And he was in overalls. I don't know what he's doing right now, but you know, you see the Verge guys. You see the Engadget riders. You see the Everyday Dad. I saw him last year. You see all these folks that you know, and sometimes you're standing in a line, and you hear a voice, and you're like, I know that voice. And you turn around, boom, it's someone you've been listening to or watching YouTube videos for years. And you're like, I know those guys. It's really cool. It's a really surreal kind of moment when you have one of those moments. And it's really fun. And it's hard not to, it's hard not to geek out and go, hey, I'm your biggest fan. And they're like, I'm working. Go away. <laughs> you got to remember, too, a lot of those people hate CES. And here I am, I'm like, yeah, this is great. I love CES. And they're just like, yeah, I have to turn in 17 articles in three hours. Get away from me. So that's me. I'm I'm the Stacy Higginbotham of the male world. I'm just bubbly and bouncing around and cracking jokes and talking to people. So she's a great person. I, I know she doesn't listen. But if anyone wants to tell her to listen and just fast forward to like minute 50 and where I gush about her and Kevin, so be it. Maybe I'll email her and stalk her some more. (laughs) Fun stuff. So two fabulous days at Mandalay Bay comes to an end and I move off strip. I do that to save money because it is generally more more cheap, more cheaper than uh, staying on the strip. But I've got the car, so I don't mind it. It's just it's just a little drive. And you have to be, you got to kind of know how to get around Las Vegas, which, which I kind of pride myself that I do know a lot about the roads and the little, you know, the little side roads and whatnot and little sneaky ways you can get in and out without getting on the interstate because they do back up on, uh, or, or during drive time. So I go to South Las Vegas and South Strip. And I stay at the Silverton. Now, the Silverton is known for its, uh, oh, what's one of those big stores it has? In the, it's got a big store, you know, one of those hunting wildlife stores in it. Um, fish store, I don't know, boat store. I don't know what those things are called. It's not Cabela's, it's the other one. But I never go in there, so I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. Um, it is cheaper. Um, it's a four floor hotel in a horseshoe shape around a pool and it is like one step above from having its doors on the outside of the hotel room you know but it serves its purpose right uh one of the big reasons i do like the silverton is it's a couple dollars i can't remember if it's cheaper than south point south point is another mile south on the strip and is really nice. Uh, the rooms are nicer than Silverton, but Silverton, I park in the employee parking lot, which is kind of behind in like in this weird little spot of the hotel. Instead of going to the parking garage and then walking a mile through the casino and through all the stuff to get to the elevators to rooms, so I park in the employee lot, which is. I mean, there is a door right next to the elevator going up to the rooms. So it's perfect. That's where I like to go. 
And it's got a nice little gift shop for in case I need a soda or a water or anything like that. It also has a couple of nice little restaurants in there that I partake in, and it's cheap. So it's kind of, it's not, I don't want to say skanky, but it's kind of, it's odd, right? Uh, Two years ago, I had my Bitcoin set up in one of these rooms where I had laptops and tablets and whatnot, you know, churning, and I had my console and I'm, you know, checking prices and doing things back home with the Bitcoin miners. And, oh, you know, thank God that's over. But um, I literally put the do not disturb sign on and they don't touch it for, you know, the, the rest of the week that I'm there. Um, I also, most years, uh, my spouse comes out and spends the next weekend with me in Las Vegas. So it ends up being a very long week for me. But that weekend is always fun because you get to drop all the CES crap, you know, put the camera away, put the backpacks away, and then just go into casino in buffet mode, right? It's just wonderful. So this year we stayed at uh, the Venetian, which I had some reservations. I'm like, I don't know if I want to go back to the Venetian, you know, because I'm kind of there a lot. But man, the rooms are just out of this world, out of this world rooms. I thought Bellagio was nice. I thought the wind was nice. The Venetian is super duper nice. Had like a multi-level suite type room, which kind of overlooked the strip. It was It was one, it was fantastic. Uh, beautiful rooms. So it's nice to go back to the lap of luxury. However, we always left the Venetian and went to <laughs> downtown uh, Fremont Street to all of those casinos and got cheap, you know, $5 roulette, $5 craps, $5 blackjack. That's where we like to go. You get some cheap gambling that way. Had a good time, uh, lost lost a little money on the slots, gained a little money on the craps table. Uh, had a good time in general, and that's kind of how that's kind of how everything works. I've got my little restaurants off the strip that I like. I've got a bookstore off the strip that I like to go to, and that's that's kind of my CES week. Now, what did I see? Uh, the trends I saw this year, they don't like. There's never like a 180 degree you know turn about something. It always starts small and grows. It's like a, it's a plant or a weed and uh, health and lifestyle have just started to explode lately. There's always been a lot of these vendors, but it just seems like this year there was just everything is getting, I'm not, I hate to say smart, but they're putting, trying to put smarts into everything, you know, toilets and showers and water and food and pets and uh, food tech was unreal. The food tech. It's just this this area of expansion is exploding and it's pretty darn exciting. It's real fun to hang around with uh, Richard and Michael Wolf when they're they're getting excited about, you know, an oven. And I'm like, it's an oven. <laughs> they're like, but it does this and this and this and this. And it's like, okay, I'm kind of getting excited. Um, sorry, Richard, I cannot get excited about light bulbs, but I try. I seriously do try. I need to buy some more light bulbs, smart bulbs. Okay, we're just going to leave it there. Food tech, huge. Uh, 3D printing. I, 3D printing used to be, in my eyes, ginormously huge. 
it would fill this one area of the sands, just this big square block area, just 3D printers. And I would walk in and out. And I was also, I was always just like, oh, I'm so nervous to talk to these guys because I have no, I know nothing about the industry. I don't know if I'm walking up to a $300 printer or a $3,000 printer, and I don't want to waste their time. So every year I say, I'm going to go talk to the 3D printer guys. This year, I was on it. I'm like, all right, I'm headed to the sands. I've got extra time. I'm going to find the 3D printer aisle, and I'm going to chat with these guys and figure out what's going on. I get over there. I'm looking, and they're not there. They're not there. Their entire section was moved to LVCC, to the South Hall. And honestly, I felt like their presence was smaller. I don't know if I missed a lot of them, but I felt like 3D printing kind of got smaller. Some Sometimes. I, I don't know. This happens. They, it grows, it shrinks. It grows, it shrinks. Um, earbuds. Holy cow. Earbuds and assisted hearing devices. I don't want to say hearing aids. Uh, tons. I, I think I said earlier, if you just stand in the middle of sands or even at LVCC, you throw a rock, an earbud vendor is going to go, ow! That's just how many people with earbuds were out there. Even if they didn't have a business that was earbuds last year, they got a set of earbuds this year. Still a lot of car vendors, almost a small car show with all the tech going on there. I only see that getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Although at some point they're going to display all their wares and it's just going to be normal and then it's going to shrink back again, right? Maybe that's what happened with 3D printing. I only get to look at those vendors if I really have time, and this year did not, did not look at them at all. They're in the North Hall at Las Vegas Convention Center, and that used to be the area where they had the case vendors way back in the day. When you know, the iPhone boom, uh, there were a billion case vendors just trying to get their cases on the market and sell them, and they used to be in the North Hall. I, I'm not sure if that's the case now. <laughs> Oh, that was horrible. Um, I, I didn't even go in there, so I don't know if they're still there. So I have no clue. Um, you know, sometimes the biggest thing is what's missing at CES. You know, you go through and you're like, well, I don't see these guys anymore. Um, one of the big things that I remember was the Microsoft booth. The Microsoft booth was just massive. It was two-story. I felt... You know, I, I feel privileged that I got to go up in there and do an interview once, and it was fantastic. I, it was a it was a good time. You know, when Windows Home Server was uh, was king of the hill, sort of. It was a, a really fun time. Um, of course, they're gone. And uh, let's see. Last year, I talked to Wise, and Wise is huge now. And they may had a private pre- presence, private presence. They may have had something like that, but last year they were at the very back of the Sands Convention Center, and they had one of these little pop-up vendors, uh, or a little pop-up booth. You know, it wasn't anything built. It was just a table and a poster, and they had a, a camera sitting out, you know, and some mints, you know, just, and two people standing there going, hey, somebody come talk to us, please. You know, you see those vendors everywhere where you just walk on by and you're like, what are they selling? You know, something weird. <laughs> so 
Uh, that was wise. And I didn't see them this year, but that doesn't mean that they weren't there, right? Microsoft's there. They're, they're there in force. Last year, I got to go into the, I don't, I don't want to say Microsoft booth because it's kind of a room and uh, talk Azure, you know, but they're, they're at the show, but you kind of have to have an appointment. You can't just breeze through, you know, you see their name on the door, just like, like Seagate, you know, I have an, I have an appointment with Seagate every year and I talk with them about what's new and, you know, what they're into and how they're doing massive storage and really fun stuff, but you got to make an appointment to go talk with them. So, um, who else missing? I don't know. There's, I, I had tons of these in my notes, but overall, let's see, overall, what did I think about CES? Everybody, there's two questions everybody always asks. And <clears throat> what is your overall take about CES? What, what did you think about this year's show? And the second question is, what was something cool you saw, you know, at CES? So I'm going to give you those. And then maybe I got a little bit more for you. My notes go on for miles and miles and miles. And I'm an hour in, so we may have to push this to next week. Overall take is, I mean, how do I say this? Um, Because it seems like this has been this way every year. And I'm sure this has been said a million times. But it's kind of, it's like iterative tech. You know, it's like, you know how Intel used to go tick and talk, right? Well, it's like a lot of talk these days. It's iterative. There's just small advancements here and there. It's not like this big, ginormous breakthrough year where people are just announcing these glorious breakthrough products and they're going to change the world. It seems to be lots of little iterations on tech lately. So I don't know, I don't know if we're going to have that breakthrough I mean, I'm sure they said that back in 2006, you know, when the iPhone was hidden under under wraps. But um, I don't know. That's just kind of how I feel about it. What did I see that just blew me away? One little product. And it's not even, it's not a home server. It's not an earbud. It's, it's nothing of the sort. It was just one of my favorite little gadgets that I came across on accident, that I enjoyed, I liked what I saw, it's consumer friendly, and I can purchase it, right? That's kind of what I, those are my check boxes every year. What What are these check boxes? Because a lot of times you see something that's really cool and you never get a hold of it. You can't get a hold of it. It's like, swimming pool tech for the last two years. I've loved swimming pool tech, but I can never get a hold of it. I never can like have it. I want to test it and review it. It's always like out of my reach. Although that stuff is growing and it's now released, but I'm saying I saw something, I, I used it, I could touch it, I could feel it, it's real, it's not vaporware, and I can now go to Amazon and purchase it. So Dave, shut up. What is it? Let me grab their, I have their diagram here somewhere. All right. The company name is Prinker, P-R-I-N-K-E-R. Now, I don't want to, I don't want to steer you wrong because that's a silly name of a company. This is, 
you're, you're going to laugh at me. I don't, I'm glad you listened this long. It is a temporary tattoo device. Now think about it. Remember the tattoos we used to get in a cereal box and whatnot, and you would lick your arm and you would slap it on your arm and you would hold it and hold it and hold it and hold it and hold it. And then you'd slowly peel it off and whatever it was, if it was like a Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man's left arm and the right side of his head would get torn away from your arm and it would just look like, uh, what is that? C-3PO or I don't know. You remember those days? This is a little device that I just ran across and you flip through an app on an iPad or an Android or a phone or something. It worked well for the iPad. You find a design and it's not like little smiley faces or a heart. They have those, but it was like tattoo art as well. You know, lines and these, you know, the wacky art and the kanji and all the different designs and whatnot and you flip through those and you tap on it and then it sends that tattoo to the little machine while it's sending it the guy the the people at the booth they would spray you two times on your arm so a little uh, like a water-based solution on your arm to get you ready for the tattoo and when it had its when it had the tattoo sent to the iPad or to the device, they would pick up this little rectangular device that you could hold in one hand. They would look at it and then they would just like run it on your arm. Now think of the inside of your arm. Turn your arm over, palm up, and that nice little flat spot right there is where I put all my tattoos. And a lot of people were doing that because that's available. You don't want to throw it on your shoulder or on your back or anything weird. Although you could do that at home if you own the device. But I got I got a shark. <laughs> and and then uh, two days later, I went back and I got an ice cream cone on the inside of my arm. Just And they just go, brrrt. they just almost like they wipe it on. The little printer just prints it right on your arm. And then they, they missed it one more time. And it dries and it's there. It's a temporary tattoo. You can get water on it and it will not go, it will not wash off. It kind of fades a little bit after a day or two with water. But if you put soap on it, it's it goes away instantly. I mean instantly. So um I have their I have their the specifications of their the device. You don't want to you don't want to know all that, but it's Prinker P R I N K E R, and this thing you can get it on Amazon. It's like three is it three hundred bucks? It's like two hundred sixty nine bucks to three hundred dollars. It's available. You can go get it, or you can buy it on their website. It prints in color. It prints in black and white. It is so cool. I. Don't ask me why I thought this was cool, but I just literally thought because I have uh, kids that just recently went through elementary school and I think of all those little face painting stations all over the place that people put up and your kids wait for hours and there's 46 kids in line and then all of a sudden it's 8 p.m. and they're like, okay, we're closed, no more. And you know, the kids run away crying. You could literally run kids left and right through this thing and give them little temporary tattoos. You can upload your own designs. Your own designs. Super cool. I'll try to put a link in the show notes because, I mean, I don't know why I haven't bought one yet because I really want it. So, it's really cool. 
Prinker, P-R-I-N-K-E-R. The model is Prinker S. So that is my cool thing that I saw at CES. Nope, it wasn't a hard drive. It wasn't an 8K TV. It wasn't a car made by Sony. It wasn't a camera body. It wasn't a brand new lens. It wasn't a drone, although I saw some cool drones. I saw all that stuff, but this stuck out in my head. I mean, I went back and got an ice cream cone on my arm. The coolest thing ever. The coolest thing ever. Okay. I did, I have tons of notes here that I may save for another podcast about steps and distances from one building to the next and stuff because it's a long way. This year, I, I have to admit to you, I got tired. I did. I got worn out this year. Now, also, something right in the middle of this week like brought me down and I don't know what it was if it was like a cold trying to start or something weird you know some kind of sickness vagus disease CES disease I don't know if I drink enough water maybe that's what held me down but a couple of days in all I did I just started pounding vitamin water I started pounding vitamin water and I went and got some of that uh, vitamin C, energy C kind of stuff that has the zinc in it that's supposed to boost your whatever so you don't get the get the CES crud. And I, I came around two, three days later, but I still was just like, oh, I'm dragging. And it was painful. Now, usually you leave CES and when you come home, you're just deathly ill and I hope none of the people around me that I associated with are you know got the crud but I sort of had it midstream and I just just inundated myself with vitamin c and water and uh just blew it out right blew it out but it's still it slowed me down I was dragging butt I really was so that's it that is the show now here's at the point where I get in the podcast where I'm like I'm so done with this show. I just want to publish it. But I need to tell you about what I'm reading. And I really, really, really want you to go read this. And I want to discuss this with you in the Reset Forums. You can go out to ResetForums.com. It's the old HomeServerShow.com forums. Okay, three words. I'm going to say these three words and see if you know what I'm talking about. It's called Death Valley Germans. Does that ring a bell? 1996, I'm saying this off the top of my head, four German tourists came to the States. They toured up and down California. They rented a minivan. They drove out to Las Vegas. They stayed at Treasure Island. And they said they came to a point where they have to be back in LA in four days to catch their flight back to Germany. They wanted to go see Yosemite National Park, but they're in Vegas. And if you know what's in between Vegas and Yosemite and Vegas and California, is Death Valley. And they thought, why go around? On the map, the paper map, they see a road through Death Valley. We'll just take that road. <laughs> and they tried. They got into their Toyota minivan and they tried to go through Death Valley. And I want you to read the story of it, because it's not only the story of the Germans 
and I don't want to call them Germans because I, I mean, I don't want to like classify them. I, they're human beings, right? These are real people. This really happened. So we want to be, uh, we don't want to be so nonchalant about it. But you need to go read this article. And this is a long read. This is a very long article. I think I split it up over two days because I was just, I started reading at night and I'm like, holy cow, this thing never ends. But it's also about the people that got involved looking for the Death Valley Germans. So I want you to go out to this website. It's called, see the guy that wrote it, otherhand.org, otherhand.org. And I will will link this to you in the show notes and it's a cool long read. It's a Really, really cool long read. I'll link that to you. And I'd love to know what you think and if that's something that you like about, you know, the podcast is these funny things that I find on the internet and I read about. So I've got more. Just keep reminding me to put it in the show. I'll put it at the end and I'll always put it in the show notes out at reset.fm. Put the end of the, or put the episode number at the end. So it'd be reset.fm slash six, eight. If you want to support me, uh, patreon.com slash David McCabe, you can do that. Or don't forget that store. Go buy a t-shirt. That's all you got to do. Reset that reset.fm slash store. Thank you to everybody I met at CES. If you listened this far into the podcast, I had an absolute blast. I'm very fortunate to be a part of the community and to be able to actually go to CES and and do this thing that I do. And I'm very fortunate. And it's mainly due to you folks that buy t-shirts and support me on Reset. FM. I do have uh, some giveaway stuff that we'll, we'll try to do uh, in the next couple of months, and we'll do some giveaways. And I start with my patrons. So if you're on Patreon, I start with you, and we'll do some giveaways and do some draws. And if you just, just join Patreon with me, I send you a sticker, a reset sticker instantly. So just join, and boom, done. Get a sticker. Thanks again. Happy New Year. And... Um, Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. This has been Reset. It can be found at Reset.fm or over on YouTube at YouTube.com slash David McCabe. Follow on Twitter at McCabe.io and you can discuss this episode and more on Reset Forums. ResetForums.com Intro and outro music is by Daryl Lee. Find it at SoundCloud.com Daryl Music. That's D-E-R-L-E-E Music. Support of this podcast can be done at Patreon, patreon.com slash David McCabe. There's also some shopping links at resetforums.com if you want to use those. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast on iTunes. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you next week on Reset.